It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Here on The Colour of Country Life, great to be chatting again with Emergency Services Minister Joe Zakach. How are you going today? I'm really good, Ricky. Thanks for your um, your interest and g'day to your listeners. Yeah, thank you. Look, we, uh, we, we're sorry but not sorry. We generated a lot of interest in this farm firefighting unit grant program that came back under the incoming government. It looks like you've had a heavy amount of interest in it. It has. And look, we're not surprised at all by this. The, the very strong feedback that I received and that the government received when we were in opposition was that um, rural communities, farmers, one of these grants reinstated. So one of the first things that I did as a new minister was to get these going. So we've had over 1,200 applications and I'm very, very pleased to, to be able to let you know that now they've all been approved uh, by an independent panel. And we've got over 270 people that have been successful and over 720 pieces of firefighting equipment getting out into our communities in time for fire season. Uh, that is important news. And uh, when it comes to firefighting capacity, these farm firefighting units do a great job in uh, supplementing what the CFS and indeed the MFS and others can do across the state. Yeah, it's absolutely part of our frontline response. I've spoken to so many farmers over the last short five months that I've been a minister and also engaged in a really positive way with you know, primary producers, grain producers, and they've all, to- all told me the same thing. That is, is that they're a critical frontline service and they supplement our CFS and MFS in our regions. And it's about having not only the coordination between our agencies and farmers, but to ensure that when we are having our farmers on the front line, that they're as safe as they possibly can be as well. And that's why I'm really pleased that so many pieces of personal protective equipment, radios or first aid kits have been part of these uh, successful grants as well. Now, statistically, the majority went to the Adelaide Hills Council region, but they've been distributed all across the state from the southeast right out to the west coast. Absolutely far and wide. One of the uh, key indicators that I wanted to see come from this was both a geographic spread and a needs-based approach. And the independent panel that was that was put in place to assess these has come back and done exactly that. So a widespread um, uh, disbursement of these of this equipment every, you know, the four corners of our state to be to be honest with you and what that's meant is that those communities with both need as well as to some extent isolation um, are being successful in in these grants and we've got some um, really important um, economic stimulus that's occurring as well of course this is all new equipment one of the very important things that I put in place was to ensure that all of the equipment that was being provided as part of these grants were brand new so um, small and medium-sized enterprises will have a small economic boost from this as well. When it comes to the number of um, applications, sort of one in six got a grant. Is there another funding round coming? What have we got funded into the future? 
So this is a, this is a four-year commitment that we've made as a new government. So two million dollars um, across the uh, term of our of our um, of our Ford estimate. So this year and three years to come. And that was very deliberate in design. We knew that this was going to be popular. We knew this was going to be very widespread. And that's why we've committed $2 million uh, and for three more years as well. We want to make sure that, that we support this as best we can and that if, if someone wasn't successful this year, then I strongly encourage them to apply sometime in the next three years as well because there is going to be a commitment which is ongoing for the next three years. Now, as we head into uh, the warmer months, uh, people might uh, be tempted to be a little bit more complacent, but they shouldn't be, I imagine, especially with the amount of green vegetation there'd be in regional South Australia. Yeah, I think it'd be easy for easy for people to become complacent knowing that we have a very high likelihood of a La Nina through this summer again. But what that means is it's a chance of, of pushing out the real danger within our fire season. But it also means that every day that we don't have a fire or a catastrophic or extreme fire danger rating, that that's a day that our community can prepare for when the fire comes, for when those catastrophic days come, potentially a little bit later into 2023. But we also know that in some regions across our, our state, particularly in the, in the north and mid-north, that load is very high and we're, and we're starting to see drying out as it is now. So the one message if I could put across to all of your listeners is to use every chance they have to prepare to get their bushfire ready plan in place um, so that when these days do come, that they're not too late and they're they're absolutely ready. And when farmers are harvesting, uh, there have been incidents in the past when uh, there's a lot going through the machine in a dense harvest when it comes to the risk with their harvest and uh, a code of practice that's in place. Grain Producers SA said they wanted that to sort of be slowed down a little bit. Have you had any uh, representations from them or others about where we're at with that code of practice? So the Code of Practice, as it, as it intercedes with the Australian Fire Danger Rating System, the new nationally consistent approach is, of course, one that the CFS is working very closely with all stakeholders on, including the grain producers. What I want to see as a, as a minister is a very significant investment into public education and public understanding of our new fire danger rating. What I do know is that grain producers, as well as other primary producers, do take their responsibilities seriously. They've told me that they take them seriously and I've seen it firsthand, and that's why um, not only have I wanted to see uh, the success of this farm firefighting unit grant program out into primary producers, but also they've told me that it's highly popular. So we're going to continue to support um, all stakeholders working very closely with our fire agencies to get the best best outcomes for our community. Uh, Minister Joe Zakash for Emergency Services in South Australia, you've been generous with your time. Thank you very much for joining us today on Flow. Thanks, Ricky. All the best. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.